Do you want to be blessed this year? Do you, I believe I'm going to, I've called this a year to be blessed. Does anybody want to be blessed this year? Does anybody want this year to be the, the best year that they've been blessed? The greatest year of blessing could be this year. And it's down to you. It's down to you. Because God's already blessed you. And he's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. So the blessing really comes sometimes not because of God. It becomes because of the way we think and we don't see ourselves as God sees us. So I want to encourage you this morning to have an open heart and a mind to actually be ready for it to be your best year of blessing. So does God want you to be blessed? Some of you. That was about 50%. Does God want you to be blessed? Well, it says in the beginning when he made Adam in Genesis 1, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. This is who God is. Last week I spoke about God being in Abraham and now we're in God and God's in us. So if God's in us, he speaks of increase, does he not? And fruitfulness. Joshua 1, when he's going into the promised land, he says, you will be prosperous and successful. That's a great word to Joshua. It says in Deuteronomy 28, he warns them, he's talking about the blessings and the curses. And he says this, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. How awesome is that? God wants you to be the head. In other words, he wants you to overcome. He doesn't want you to be overcome by life. He doesn't want money to master you, problems to master you. He wants you to rise up in him and become the master of your life so that you have finance, so you're not in poverty. You can do the things that you want to do and not worry about them. He's calling us to be the head, not the tail. How awesome is that? See, are you, are you believing God wants you blessed? Because if you don't believe, you don't understand God and what God says and what he wants for you, then you'll never walk in the blessing of God. It says in Proverbs 28, verse 13, he who trusts or she who trusts in the Lord will prosper. So those who trust in God will prosper. And then it says this in Proverbs 16, verse 20. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. So we like the idea of prospering now it's gone quiet because there's an instruction or there's something that we need to follow in order to be blessed. Does that make sense? So we like being the head, we like being blessed, we like prospering, but all of those conditions, all of that life actually came with a condition. It came with a way of life. It came with us being obedient and following Christ and modeling the life that Christ modeled in order that we can be a blessing to others. So it's gone quiet now. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. I was a bit naughty with that one. I took that off and then added it on. Did you see what I did? So there's, a, there's an instruction. So who wants some instruction to be blessed this morning? This is one of my favorite instructions I've been looking at recently. It says this. Proverbs 27 verse 18. He who tends to a fig tree will eat its fruit. Anybody like figs? They're not, as pop, they're not that popular, are they? So we read these scriptures and we think, I'm not interested in figs, I don't want to read that scripture. He who tends to a fig tree will eat its fruit. And then he kind of explains in Proverbs. Proverbs is written, they say, by Solomon, the wisest person in the world. 
The Bible in the New Testament in Timothy says this, all scripture is God breathed. So if you want life and fruitfulness, this scripture is God breathed. It is instruction for bringing life to you. So if you want life, you want fruitfulness, God says these are my instructions, do this. He who tends to a fig tree will prosper. They will eat its fruits. Nice, I don't really like fig trees. Well, let's put it in your context. What's your fig tree? What's your fig tree that God's given you to tend to? I just love that word, tend. Just as this warmth kind of, oh, kind of looking after and loving and nurturing and taking care of. What's your fig tree for this year to tend to? What's your fig tree? See, I don't like figs. Well, let's change your fig tree into something else that you can tend to. And then he says this, and he who looks after his master, there's your fig tree, will be honored. Who's your master? Who's the one who you've been given to tend to? You know, it says that Jesus came and he came to do the will of the Father. He was tending to the master's will. He was attending to what God's plans and purposes were for this world. Jesus is the best example who submits to the Father. The Word of God was working together with God himself. He was tending to the fig tree, the Master's will. Who's, what was that fig tree in the end? It was you that he came to love and die for. What's your fig tree this year? Maybe it's your boss I don't want to tend to my boss. I don't want to look, I don't want to love my boss. Well, scripture says if you tend to your master, then you'll be honored and you'll be fruitful. If you moan about your master and complain about your master, you're going to live in the fruit of that. Are you hearing me? Or it could be your customer. You may be a businessman. Your master is your customer. No, they're not. I'm the boss. I'm no, no, no. It's your master. Tend to your customer. It's all gone quiet this morning. You still want to be blessed. You say, I'm not sure about this. This isn't how the world lives. The world lives looking after itself. It doesn't look after the master. Well, if I look in scripture, I look at Joseph. Joseph was the best example at looking after his master. I mean, he was looking at the master. He didn't always get it right. You know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But this is what he did. He understood God and he understood the principles of God. And he applied the principles of God when he was in places he didn't want to be in. Because he was tending to the master. And the master had a bigger plan and a bigger purpose, which was to save Israel and to bring salvation through Israel. Are you hearing me? We think we're just serving this and doing No, no, there's a bigger plan and purpose that God's trying to work in and through you. What's your fig tree? Maybe it's your pastors. Are you tending to us? I'm just asking the question. Are you hearing me? If you don't tend to us, then you're not going to get blessed. We're not going to be blessed. If you hate us and angry and say all unkind things about us, it's not going to build the body of Christ up. But if you champion us and support us and encourage us, we'll champion you and support you. And the fig tree grows, does it not? Are you hearing it? I'm not demanding you, you, you give us a blessing and a force. I'm just saying we need to cultivate that in our hearts and in our lives. And if we do that, we'll see the blessing and they'll see the fruit of it. It's, it's the word of God. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. 
It's common sense. You can add hard work in there as well if you want to be blessed. If we're lazy, we won't be blessed. I've written this phrase down. Seek the success of those you serve. Joseph sought the success of those he served. God raised him up to have such authority over the nations. Sometimes that deals with our attitude. Sometimes God dealing with our, our character in other areas. And we just think we're in a problem place and a challenging place. And God's saying, I'm trying to get fruit out of you. I've given you a fig tree to tend to and you can't even see the fig tree. Get your eyes on me and tend to your fig tree. Love your boss. Love your customer. Do the best that you can do. Cultivate a spirit of excellence within that. Don't settle for second best, but do your best. Go the extra mile. I'm trying to cultivate life in you and fruitfulness in you. Is this making sense? Or we can just settle for best or settle for the minimum. If you settle for the least, then you're going to have the least. But he who sows generously will reap of that generosity, will he not? I'm trying to encourage you to cultivate this lifestyle, seeking the success of those you serve. It's Jesus' way. It's not necessarily the world's way, but it's Jesus' way. Would you agree? Jesus came to serve his master, his success, the master's success. You know, there's a little warning in Scripture sometimes that we forget when we become successful. Deuteronomy 8, verses 18, it says this. For remember the Lord your God, for it is he, he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant of what he's promised as fruitfulness. So it's God that gives us the ability to produce. All things were made through God. Everything that you have was made by God. You know, your breath, your, your lungs, your feet, your shoes, even your smelly bits in a way of, you know, it's created in some way by God. I don't know if that fits in Scripture. Sarah will tell me off after. But here's the deal. Everything you have is God's. So let us not forget what God has given you. It says this, God gives you the ability to produce. I'm not sure God wants me to bless. Well, he says he's given you the ability to produce. So here's the next point. Use what God has given you. Don't try and be somebody else. Use what God has given you and use it to the best of your ability. You say, I, 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 I haven't got enough for it. I haven't. No, no, no. No, God has given you the ability to produce. You say, well, what, what's my thing to produce? Kevin Gerald writes this, by unlocking the depths of our most individual and natural abilities, you can discover your purpose. Your purpose should not be confused with your goals. Goals can be checked off. Your purpose cannot be reached or checked off. When we bring our best within an attitude of helping others and with a spirit of excellence, we will naturally prosper. So if you use your natural gifts and talents and you do it to the best of your ability with a spirit of excellence for caring and loving for people, you know, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an administrator, whether you're a secretary, you do it to the best of your ability. You find yourself, oh, this, this comes natural to me. And all of a sudden you start to flourish and you start to do well and you're prospering and people start to recognize and they give you more responsibility because you're caring for your job, you're caring for others and you are prospering. Make sense? And God has given you the ability to do that. Now, sometimes we have to go on a journey to discover that. 
But God has given you the ability to prosper. How awesome is that? Do you want it to be your best year? It says in Colossians verse chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, whatever you do, or everything you do, whatever you do, work with all your heart as working for the Lord and not men. So we're not working for men or women. We're working for God. We're working for the master himself. He's given us the natural ability to do whatever we do in this world, to serve and to help other people. We are all serving someone. Your job, you, you, you give service to someone with your natural ability and talent. Are you still with me this morning? And I just want to finish. You say, I'm not sure what's in me. Last week I spoke about Abram becoming Abraham. The almighty God put himself in Abraham. Abram to become Abraham. The almighty God put himself in Abram. And if you're a believer this morning, who's inside of you this morning? Almighty God. So not only have you given you natural ability and talent to prosper, he's also put himself in there to help lead you in that process to overcome. Overcome guilt, overcome shame, overcome your past, to go on a journey of renewal so that you can become the head, not the tail. And he's given you the ability to do that if you will listen to him and follow him and apply his principles. You see, when we look at the name Almighty God, I said last week, they struggled to write down what it was. In the Hebrew, it's called Al Shaddai. But they struggled to write down. It was like multiplication. Or so they called Abraham father of many nations. But actually, when you look at it, one of the wording in the English is this. He's the God of more than enough. Okay, you got it? So the God of more than enough, if you believe, is now inside of you. So there should be, we should not be doubting our ability to prosper. We don't need to doubt that we can't do this. Now, there are some obstacles, there is some adversity, but don't let your obstacles or adversity rob you from the power to prosper. It's a challenge. It's a knockback. It's a thing that says you're inadequate and you'll never be good enough. Well, you need to listen to what God says about you. And God says, I have made you to be the head, not the tail. It's your year to prosper. Use what I've given you. Do it with an excellent spirit and attitude. Go the extra mile for people. See that it's not actually about prospering. It's not actually about wealth. You know, this morning's message, you think, oh, you're talking about money and wealth and prospering. I'm not. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about purpose. Purpose. God has given you purpose. And if you fulfill that purpose by using who you are, by giving yourself to others, you will find that you will prosper. Amen? So if you want to prosper, apply God's principles and live by His plans. And as you do that, I'll guarantee you will naturally prosper. You will. You'll just naturally you think, oh, am I going to, oh, we worry about it. What am I going to use the gift and talent on your life and use it to the best of your ability and you will prosper. 
It's God's principles. It's God's ways. You'll gain influence. People will notice you because you go out of your way for people. He's the God of more than enough. Woo! How much have you got in your hand? Sorry? More than enough. You say, oh, you don't know my circumstances. Well, look at your pot of money. Prioritize your money. Discipline yourself to live within your means. And look at your money and say, am I prioritizing God as number one in my life? Do I tithe my money first and say, you're the God of more than enough? Because that's what tithe says. Am I trusting in the God of more than enough this morning? Oh, okay, I'll put God, you know, this church, I said we become in breathe new life. Well, what does that look like? We become Jesus-centered. What does that look like? Well, I prioritize my time. I prioritize my money. I'm going to prioritize what I give. So my tithe, first of all, I give 10%. There you go. God is my God of more than enough. You're my God. Are you got it? It's challenging, isn't it? It's a journey to go on that. It takes time for some of us, but I've seen God be faithful. He's the God of more than enough, and I have not gone short, and he's given me way beyond what I've ever wanted or expected because I've put my trust in him. It took Sarah actually to tell me when I first got saved, you need to put God first in your life and tithe. I said, I'm going off. She says, well, you need to put God first, else there'll never be enough. Oh, okay, I'll listen to a woman's instruction if it's Bible. Yeah, it's the Bible. You know, are you, are you hearing me? This year, trust God with everything you have. It's a relationship. It's not a God that's on high and he's not in your life. He's in you. So learn to trust him. And as you do that, you'll start to see that things dissipate out of your life. You'll see your relationship with God will change. Not because of the money, but because of the relationship that you're trusting and putting him first in your life. Today is not a tithe. Today is above and beyond a tithe. Today is a voluntary offering to say, I'm going to believe for this year. I'm going to sow in what we're doing because I believe in this church and in the leadership of the church. Does that make sense? Written down here, when we see God's generosity, it's hard to give up. It's, it's not, sorry, hard to give up our lives. When we see the God of more than enough, who's given me more than enough, who's given me his precious son, gave his life and all his blood, that he's given me spirit that's now filled my heart and empowered me with life. Uh, there's nothing that I don't want to give to God now because he's given me more than enough. But if our hearts don't see him, we'll struggle because we'll do it out of our own strength. We'll do it like a law that says, oh, you're telling me I must do this. No, that's the law. I don't want you to love that. I want you to live in the law of love. I do it because I love, not because of the law. Does that make sense? I give because I love Jesus. Today we're giving because we love Jesus. We're giving because we love God. We're giving because we love the church, one another, and the body we want to see built up. Because I'm in love with Jesus, I give. I love the law of love. It frees me from legalism. It sets me free because I'm in love. The Spirit gives me love, and I'm free to give. I'm free to be generous. Woo! Are you with me? Don't get into law. Should I give? Should I? No, 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 that's law. Get the spirit that leads us to generosity. And we're nearly running out of time, so I need to do what we're going to do at the end and take an offering. Does that make sense? May this year be the year that you blessed. Look out for your fig tree, tend to it. Serve the success of others, right? Work hard, obviously, but do everything with a good attitude and spirit of excellence. Maybe sometimes God needs to work on our attitude. But we're going to, I want us to join in. We're going to give out what's called a faith decree. Something that you say this year, this is the way I'm going to live my life. 
You know, it's your choice. You don't have to. The guys are going to start giving something up. Is it up on the screen? It's a faith decree. And I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to join with me individually to live this way, but us as a body, that we move forward together and we live this way. It says this. I am a child of God made in his image and committed to his cause. Are you a child of God this morning? Maybe you're not a child of God and you're not born again. Well, you can make that decision today and know the love of God. This year, I want my life to be Jesus-centered, hear the language, for, and for him to be my guide. I recognize God's extravagant generosity towards me, and together with those around me, I choose to be rooted in him and be far-reaching in reflecting him. This year, I commit to growing broad, so that could be your gift, growing you this year, by being generous and believing for breakthrough. He is the God of more than enough. I will be generous towards God, towards my family, my church, and towards those who need the generosity the most. This year, I choose to breathe new life. Anybody want a blessed year this year? Well, we have to do something different than we've ever done before. We have to live a generous life. Why do we live a generous life? Because it demonstrates the generosity of God and it gives thanks for what he's done. You don't do it to get back, give back. You do it just to give. And you do it because you're thankful for what God has done in your life. It's not about you getting the reward or being seen that you're the person who's doing everything wonderful and look at me. No, you're doing it not to be seen that God in heaven would be, would be glorified. Is this making sense? So what I want you to do is make a choice now. Do you commit to this faith decree? You can stick it in your journal, stick it on your fridge. You can stick it on your forehead if you want. I don't mind where you stick it, right? But can I encourage you? To put it within your heart and live it. Live a life of generosity this year. And let's believe for a blessed year. Amen? So, I said earlier on, you can, various ways that you can give. We're going to take an offering. Are we ready to take our offering? I'm lost where I am now. Is that what we're doing now? We're doing the offering now. Yeah. Are we ready to take an offering? You know, if, if you want to give monthly, you can do Consider what you can do, you, you can give, and let's be generous, and let's give by faith. Amen? I believe if we all unite together and we all give something, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. It really is about the heart. So please give out of a free will offering this morning because you love for God. You know, it blesses my socks when I look at the people that have given, and I see the amount, not the amount that's given, but the amount of people that have given. That gives me so much more delight than actually, yeah, we want a lot of money because we can do more. But when you look at the individuals that are giving across the house and the amount of people, that's what encourages me. So are we ready to receive an offering? Amen? So, Father, I just thank you for this offering. We want to thank you, Jesus, for being in our lives. We love you. You are the God of more than enough. We pray that you use this offering to glorify your name. May the, this year be the year that we see your generosity outworked in the lives of this body. May they testify of your goodness, that you are the God of more than enough, that there is no lack in you and there's no lack in us. So may we live a bountiful life this year of extravagance, <laughs> of enjoying your presence, giving the gifts and the talents by serving others in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.